This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torber. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influencers, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. Welcome back to Outspoken. Happy Friday to everyone. Fridays in our household meant one thing when we were little. It meant it was takeaway night. And I feel like, well, I feel proud that a lot of Outspoken listeners have taken it upon themselves to enjoy McDonald's or Hungry Jack's while they're listening to Outspoken. And I have been absolutely craving McDonald's all week. And that is thanks to a new YouTube trend where all the UK influencers are out buying the Monopoly McDonald's. Yeah, some of them have been spending around £200 on McDonald's. And the funniest thing is when they try and get all of the food to the car, so some of them have actually gone (laughs) into the McDonald's restaurants and and ordered... Yeah, well, they are restaurants and ordered the food and they have to actually carry them out in a box. But my favourite part is when they order them through the drive-thru and they're having to get like 30 Cokes in the back of the car... (laughs) That's the thing. They seem really embarrassed about it. Even some of the larger influencers. I heard that Saffron Barker tried to call ahead of time to warn McDonald's that she was on her way, but no one picked up. It makes me think when I watch the videos how much food goes to waste because I actually saw one with Jed and his girlfriend. So he's done it a couple of times now. And they were sort of having a disclaimer like, oh, we're going to have our (laughs) friends over later and eat all this food. It's like I call bullshit because there's nothing worse than cold McDonald's. Like who's going to be eating cold chips and cold burgers hours after the video has been filmed. I think the thing that's so awkward is there's been so many of these challenge videos, but none of the YouTubers have actually won anything of worth. Like, yeah, they've won a couple of burgers or fries, Mm. but no one's won a main prize. And what adds to the awkwardness is the fact that there's been a recent documentary on Netflix, which has... No, it's actually on Binge. On Binge, sorry. And they've revealed the fact that the McDonald's Monopoly competition in America was rigged for so many Mm. years because basically this employee, he worked for them. He kept stealing all the winning tickets and like selling them off to his friends. Yeah, and the thing is, that's obviously not... That's obviously not happening in Australia in the UK. No, if you're listing (laughs) McDonald's Australia, that's not happening. See, I always heard that it was rigged, but I... I just assumed that they never printed like the Mayfair ticket. I didn't know that there was like an in-house job that an employee yeah, was giving. Did, all its- he did set had a briefcase mm. with the winning <laughs> tickets in it. And he, uh, you watched, I didn't even watch it. You mm. told me blow by blow, but he'd basically do this switch over. I don't want to ruin the documentary, but he was at part of the McDonald's security team. So he actually had access to the stickers, but it's not it's Sorry, obviously it's say. not it's not happening here okay <laughs> i was gonna say what was he the burglar you remember that character? <laughs> yeah. well actually it was quite funny because the fbi had to come up with names for the case and i think that was one of them someone wanted to call it the hamburglar case this documentary hasn't put me off though as mm. soon as monopoly started we went out with our little cousins the other night and, well, we didn't really order up big. We're planning on doing that to celebrate our cousin's birthday because we have been known in the final weeks of the Monopoly competition to go and actually dine in the restaurant and order so many things. Mm, just yeah. absolute craziness at the Torba house. <laughs> There's not much to do in Adelaide, is there? I think we should actually film that for an Instagram reel, maybe buy more than we normally do and see if we get any of the winning tickets. Do you know what really angers me? What? When McDonald's Monopoly is on... And you think, oh, okay, I'm going to order something that has heaps of tickets. And then suddenly the competition is over 
and you get a cup with no tickets on it. <laughs> that actually happened to one of the influencers who did the McDonald's challenge on YouTube. They thought that they were buying a product that had heaps of tickets and it had none. So they wasted a lot of their money Good. on a product that had no tickets. Hi, I've got quite a big order. I did actually try and um, phone up to pre-order it. So can I get five big tasty meals, please? Five of them, yep. Yes, please. Um, what drink would I five? Uh, Diet Coke, please. Any glimmer of hope that Madison Woolley and Jonathan Sauer may have rekindled their relationship after being spotted in one another's Instagram stories and vlogs has been dashed, with Madison revealing on her podcast that Jonathan has logged her out of his Netflix account. Now, the move really is the final nail mm. in the coffin for any relationship. <laughs> You're really not coming back after that move. And it got us thinking about those little awkward life admin tasks you have to do when you break up with someone or when you get dumped. I just want to add, I don't think this necessarily means that they're not back together. I think that this is a pretty immature move that you make when you're first broken up and you're like, fuck them. They're not having access to my Netflix. So maybe they are back together and they haven't had the awkward conversation about, you know, what's the new password? I don't think so. I think this is a definite sign that things are over. Have you guys ever been logged out of someone's Netflix? No, I haven't been logged out of account, but I feel like this was equally as heartbreaking. So (laughs) a few days before my ex-boyfriend broke up with me, he actually owed me money for a holiday that we'd went on a couple of weeks before. And suddenly out of nowhere, the money had been sent to my bank account. It was like he was, you know, ticking off the list of things he had to do. At least he sent you the money back. Like it would have been more of a dick move to keep it and then break up with you yeah i haven't so much been removed from a netflix account whereas i've been a part of removing something someone so (laughs) really who (laughs) well so recent his ex had i think they shared a spotify and also a netflix account and um so i just said to reese are you going to change the password because we started to get like locked out and you know I don't want someone watching knowing what I watch because I feel like your Netflix account's kind of quite personal and also if they're watching the same thing Mm. as you're watching they might skip ahead of episodes but the awkward thing was that um yeah the Spotify account was being shared so like Reese and his ex were accidentally logging each other out and you could kind of see what people were listening to. It's like all heartbreak breakup song. (laughs) Well, so if you've been left in a really awkward position where you've been the middleman in a breakup between mutual friends and you actually got somebody dropping the other person's items off at your home. Yeah, it was super (laughs) awkward. So their belongings got dropped to my house and me being me, I had a little sneaky look through what was in there. I was going to say, who the hell would trust you, Sophie? (laughs) Seriously. And basically, I also had to ask um, my friend back for his ex-girlfriend's key, which was slightly awkward. And I was also asked to sell some Christmas presents on Facebook Marketplace. So I don't know, I got myself a little bit too into the breakup. See, I don't really think that's fair on you because you're then, you know, involved in the awkwardness. Yeah, but sometimes you need that middle person. Just on returning items, I always feel like if you've been dumped, you're going to return items, but there's going to be a bit of ammunition in them. Like, you know, you might return something that has a lot of sentimental value or, you know, to really upset the person. It's funny because I know with other people, they do return things when they break up, but I kind of think 
If someone's giving me a present, that's mine. Why would I go and return it to them? Oh, well, you might not want it. See, I'm all for selling the stuff that you're given. I mean, I sold a lot of jewelry. Well, I say a lot, a few pieces of jewelry that my ex-boyfriend gave me when he actually remembered my birthday on the rare instance. And I sold those on Facebook as a bit of a fuck you. And also I didn't want them in my house. It does annoy me though, because I bought a bedspread and a really nice, it sounds probably hideous, but back in the day when pineapples were really in fashion, the ceramic pineapple came candle holder and I asked for them back and he said he threw them in the bin now I think that's bullshit <laughs> that's so it just sounds so petty it's like I want my pineapple holder back pink has finished and now we've got clap along if you feel like happiness no I hate that song I hate that song Sarah's day has been left to dig herself out of a hole after declaring she can't stand Olivia Rodrigo's music only to discover the singer follows her Kate, can you tell us what went down? Well, on Saturday, Sarah took to her Instagram story to complain that her morning sunbaking by her pool had been interrupted by a neighbour's musical selection. Now, this is what Sarah said. Few artists that I cannot listen to. It's Pink, Katy Perry. I have an unpopular opinion. I'm scared to say it. I don't even know how to say it. I should have looked that up before saying that. Olivia Rodrigo, Olivia Rodriguez, whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I think I'm like, I'm not in that age bracket. I feel like she's really cool for like 21, you know? I'm 29, you know? I'm a mum. Look, I know, I know. I sound like the street Karen. I am the Karen of Cronulla right now. Just, I want to yell out, can you turn that racket down? I did find it amusing when Sarah referred to herself as the Karen of Cronulla because she really did come across that way. And she kept saying like, you know, I'm 29 and a mum, and I don't like that music. But for me, Pink and Katy Perry were very of our era and her era. Is it sad though? When I watch it, I actually agree with her because I do like Pink as a person, but I also cannot stand her music. Oh, and it gives I think, me a headache. Yeah, I think it's because I used to work at Mix 102.3 in Adelaide and all they did was play Pink on friggin' loop oh, and I couldn't stand look, I- it. I can't stand Pink's music either. I do like what she's about, but they play this Cover Me in Sunshine song all the time at work and I just want to throw the radio against the wall. Yeah, it might not so even I, be Pink. It might just be the association with the song. Yeah, well, I have been known to yell at our neighbours before. Like there was an incident a couple of years ago <laughs> when um, they, were, <laughs> they were playing and singing Kumbaya on their guitar and I yelled at them to shut up. Kate, do you know um, what's so funny? My current neighbour, she loves a bit of pink. She loves a bit of Ed Sheeran. She was playing oh. Justin Bieber yesterday and she's like a 60-year-old woman. Like it's hilarious. Well, to get back to this story, so after Sarah shared her opinion on Olivia Rodrigo, Pink and Katy Perry, Her followers pointed out that awkwardly, Olivia Rodrigo follows Sarah. Now, Olivia Rodrigo has 17.2 million followers and she's only following just over a thousand people. So it's quite hilarious that Sarah's day is one of those people, because if I was Olivia Rodrigo, I'd actually be really offended. It's a little bit awkward. I did kind of feel sorry for Sarah because in no way would she have thought that Olivia Rodrigo or Pink or anybody would have seen her Insta stories. Well, she must have felt bad because she shared a screenshot of the fact that Olivia was following her and wrote, oh my God, you guys just let me know. Now I feel so bad. Okay, okay. Give me a week to listen to some of her music and I can update if it's my style. I'm sure she's a beautiful person though. Hashtag digging myself out of a hole. This was super awkward. Wouldn't it have been better if she didn't acknowledge it or just remove the story? Because she did keep the story up. So she probably didn't feel that bad. I thought it was kind of funny. It's kind of a, I mean, almost in this internet era, 
it's kind of, I found it relatable because even with this podcast, we talk about people and you never, ever expect that person Mm. to go and listen to it. Well, she's also admitted to having another big name celebrity sliding into her DM. So Sarah has spoken a lot about the fact that The Bold Type is her favourite show. And Katie Stevens, who plays the main character, Jane Sloan, apparently messaged her years mm. ago and she only became aware of it recently. So Sarah said... Was that when po- she was famous? Yeah, well, it was when she was preparing for The Bold Type. So she DM Sarah saying that... She was actually doing her ebook and she wanted to let Sarah know that it's really helped her prepare for the bold time. Oh, wow. Imagine being left unread. I mean, I'm assuming Sarah probably gets thousands and thousands of DMs a day. Well, she said that she was so excited that she now considers Katie to be a sister and a best friend for life. Wow. And she ended up messaging her back, profusely apologizing for not replying. And she's now said that she sent her a copy of Sunny and basically just wants to be best friends with her. What do you guys think about a celebrity slide into the DMs? Because I was watching Anastasia Kings North's YouTube video with her mum, Julie, the, the other day. It was a McDonald's mukbang. Actually, sorry, it was a KFC mukbang. Get and she asked and she asked her mum who was the most famous person to slide in. And she's like, oh, probably you, Anna. Oh, no, maybe Saffron. <laughs> or, or Saf- I saw that too. And she was hoping from some guy that was on Love Island three years ago to slide into her DMs. Say you were a celebrity would you try and slide into other people's DMs that you liked oh or followed? Oh, my God, 100%. I'd be doing it all the time. Like, who would you slide in? Would you go into Taylor Swift's or... Oh, cause, yeah. Because would it be Sarah's day? Like, if you're a big celebrity, are you sliding into a YouTuber's That's a bit DM? of a random one, isn't it? The thing is, you can follow YouTubers and not really, like, fangirl. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Olivia Rodrigo may be following Sarah's day, but who knows if she's actually a big enough fan to want to slide into her DMs. Like, I think with YouTubers, you more feel like you know them. It's not that fangirly moment. Yeah, I suppose. Do you know who I'd want to be friends with that I'd slide into? Stacey Dooley. I'd love to be friends with her. Like, she'd be my UK. I reckon I'd hit up some of the people from Money Heist and just try and befriend them. Oh, yeah. Except you couldn't even speak. Oh, you couldn't yeah, even speak their yeah. language. You just have to put it to <laughs> Google Translate. This is a little bit of a humble brag, but we slid into the dub actor who voices Tokyo on Money Heist. <laughs> um, we're trying to set her up to be on our show. It still hasn't happened yet. There's a little bit of hope. Um, and I was just fangirling every time she replied and she was so nice. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Tokyo's voice. Tokyo. Tokyo. <laughs> Tokyo. Following Monday's episode where we discussed Talia Skeynes and Mitch Third's breakup, we received an interesting DM from Mitch who wanted to clear things up. Now, it's quite funny because we've just been talking about influencers sliding into our DMs and we have been getting a lot of messages from influencers recently. Not, anyway, not, not as nice as Mitch's though. He's no. a lovely message. Yeah. So in Monday's episode, we discussed how Mitch had blamed NRL player Harley Smith Shields for their breakup. A follower had tagged Mitch in a comment on Talia's photos and asked why they hadn't been spending time together, with which Mitch responded, ask Harley Smith Shields. He later deleted the message. Now, Mitch's message to us was really polite. As Amy said, we were actually very taken aback about how nice he was. It wasn't the usual message we received from influencers he wrote hey guys just got sent your podcast need to clear up a few things talia definitely did not cheat on me with that league player i heard that she was flirting with him at the burley pav only a few weeks after we broke up i was drunk and received the notification being tagged in her photo and out of spite tagged old mate i'd appreciate it if you could somehow clear this up i haven't listened to the whole podcast but if you insinuated she cheated on me she didn't now we did ask mitch if he was happy for us to share 
that he had reached out and tried to clear things up. And he was very appreciative and said, please do. I think this really is a sign that he is trying to make things right with Talia, particularly as he pushed that she did not cheat on him. Mm, I have a lot of respect for the fact that he was very polite in the way he reached out to us and the fact that he clearly does want to make things right. Yeah, same. I mean, I know we've been saying that we never normally receive polite messages like this from influencers, but these are the type of messages that you want to receive. It just shows he is actually a nice guy it's who's PR, trying to make amends. It's yeah. PR 101, isn't yeah. it? I think mm. it's probably a lesson that a lot of other influencers should take on board. But getting back to the relationship side of things, Kate, can you tell us how Talia spent her first official weekend of being single? Well, as Mitch said, they have been broken up for a few weeks now. However, it's the first time that everyone knew about it on Instagram. And as you do, Talia spent the weekend in paradise in Hamilton Island with her friends. And despite saying she would be switching off from social media while she was away, she did give us a little sneak peek into what went down. So she stayed in this amazing hotel right on the beachfront and she ventured out on a luxury yacht and enjoyed a champagne or two, judging by her photos. It kind of looked like the yachts that you see on Below Deck, like it was that fancy. And she seemed to be enjoying a lot of time on the yacht with her friends as well as some guys. I don't know. To me, they looked like NRL players. I don't know any NRL players. They were muscly, bulky guys with not much neck and tattoos. I don't know if actually know if they did play NRL, but that's the vibe I got. It kind of sounds like a good way to spend a weekend when you're young and you've just broken up with someone, to be honest. What, on a boat with NRL players? Well, kind of. Yeah. You know I mean? Like... <laughs> So so the rumoured guy, Harley Smith-Shields, he didn't appear to be there. It's not to say he wasn't, but it, it does seem like Mitch has cleared things up and said, you know, she was just having a bit of a flirt with him. Talia did tag some of her friends that were there, which included Steph Packer and Jazzy Johnston in her stories. Well, what about Mitch? What did he get up to on his first official weekend of being single? Well, it seemed like he was having a real boys weekend. So he was out and about driving around in luxury cars with his friend, Troy Candy. And he also enjoyed some time at a shisha bar and then hit up the gym on Sunday and did some Wim Hof breathing. Now, that is a specific breathing Mm. technique. Do you guys think that any of them spent the weekend trying to log one another out of their Netflix accounts or their binge (laughs) accounts? Well, I definitely think that a lot of the posts were probably up for one another's benefit. Mm. So Talia wrapped up the weekend on Monday by moving into a new apartment that looks exactly like the one she used to live in with Mitch, but it's not. It's completely empty with her best friend, Emily Hearn. Obviously, Mitch is in the same apartment that he shared with Talia, and I noticed that all their original furniture is there. It's interesting that he got to seemingly keep a lot of it. Most importantly, who got to keep that collection of dried flowers? Because I feel like that would have been very expensive. (laughs) If I was Mitch, I would have said, no, you can have them. (laughs) Yeah, take them. Computer says no. On Sunday, Abby Chatfield was announced as the host of Love Island Australia's after party. Sophie, don't you mean Australia? Isn't that how they're saying it? Oh, I refuse to buy into all of that. It's clear that the only reason they're producing (laughs) it is to actually sell it overseas because it's such a huge Mm. franchise in the UK and now the US love it as well. Imagine how massive Abby's platform is going to get now, getting that international recognition. They're not going to play the after party in the UK. Why wouldn't they? They never play it here. We We never get after the sun or whatever it is. Well, if they're trying to sell it as a big franchise, I can't see why they wouldn't. Nah, I don't think they will. But anyway, continue, Well, for those who haven't seen the after party show, so Abby will be discussing the show as well as host exclusive interviews with the Dumped Islanders. And it isn't Abby's first time appearing on Channel 9. She, of course, won I'm a Celeb earlier in the year. 
And I think she is the best choice for this sort of show. I like that she genuinely is a fan of Love Island and she said that she's hopeful that she'll be able to give a different perspective that other hosts couldn't give. And I suppose that's in relation to the fact that she was cast as a villain on The Bachelor. So she thinks she'll have a bit more empathy for people that are also cast in that negative light. Mm. Do you guys notice that Sophie Monk is, of course, the host? She was the Bachelorette. And then, mm. of course, we've got Abby. Mm. There's that real Bachelor-Bachelorette connection. Well, we don't really have much of a talent pool to select no. from, I feel, in Australia either. Well, I, I feel like this is Love Island's chance to defeat The Bachelor because yeah. The Bachelor's ratings are so shit and everyone was watching Love Island UK while The Bachelor was on. So I feel like Channel 9 have a perfect chance to really make it succeed and I think casting Abby in that role is a really good step in the right direction. Well, let's just hope they've let's just hope they've put enough energy into actually choosing the right cast of Islanders as well. Yeah, and also put the effort into the villa because I feel like the second series was shit because it just looked really drab. Like I know they filmed Bachelor in Paradise in Fiji and they had to really brighten the colour up to make it look like Paradise and I don't think that they had enough time well, it to looked, do that it looked like Love a, Island. It looked like a budget villa, didn't it, last time? It was time. tiny. Oh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was shit. Well, apparently the new villa is going to be in a small town called Federal, which is west of Byron Bay. But reports have emerged that construction of the villa was actually shut down because apparently producers failed to submit a COVID safety plan to the local government. And the report also claimed that production failed to submit details of cast and crew's travel plans. Now, I'm really hoping this is not true because if this is delayed, I'm going to be really pissed off. Do you know what will be interesting? Whether they do play it in somewhat real time like the UK does because Mm. I feel like what people love about Love Island UK is the fact that the producers can't edit the show too much or be too manipulative you can't they can't form all these different narratives of people or add in like lame music there's something exciting about knowing that it's going on right now as well and I feel like that's what was really lacking this year with Big Brother because it obviously was pre-filmed Well, moving away from Love Island just slightly and back on to Abby, before she was announced as the host of After Party, she was highly criticised online for getting her hair dyed during lockdown. And now that she's been announced as host, it's quite obvious that it was for her appearance in the promo for Love Island After Party. I suppose Abby's situation has shone a light on what the rules are for people on TV during the pandemic in New South Wales. Amy, can you fill us in? So Abby explained to her followers that she had to undertake multiple COVID tests before and after her hair appointment and they had to social distance and of course masks were worn throughout. So the Nine Network backed up Abby's statements. They told the Courier-Mail that the services are performed on-site and that those involved wear PPE and submit to regular testing. They further explained that media and journalism have an exemption under the current public health order. Therefore, due to the nature of productions, hair and makeup personnel are authorised workers. Can you imagine having to dye someone's hair in full (laughs) PPE? Like, that can be a huge effort in itself. Notice they didn't say full PPE, they just said PPE. So I'm assuming it was just masks. (laughs) It's probably when, you know, you go get your makeup done these days and they wear that full protective. But it's not just Abby Chatfield that's had her hair dyed. Carrie Bickmore and a lot of reporters on TV have been exposed, I suppose, for getting their hair dyed. I'm sorry, but this is clearly an excuse for anti-vaxxers to jump down Abby Chatfield's throat and hold something against her. She's done this full within the law at the moment. I don't have a problem at all with her doing this. Yes, obviously, it kind of feels a little bit unfair fair but 
this is what's yeah, happening. But it shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't be at her. It should be at the government who make exactly. these rules up and make these exemptions for privileged people that are in the media or on TV. The thing is, if you watch Sunrise and the Today Show, it's pretty obvious that they get their hair and makeup done. It's like all of the news stations. It's not something new. Unfortunately, the restrictions just allow for this sort of thing to happen. And the thing was, I think a lot of people thought or had an issue with Abby seemingly trying to conceal the fact that she's had it done. But as she said, what did everyone want her to do? Rub it in everyone's faces that she was down getting a hair and makeup well, I, done? I assume she also couldn't say anything about it because she was yet to be announced as mm. the host of After Party. Well, she did come out before the announcement because people were asking her, like, how did you get your hair dyed? And she did say it was for a TV commitment but didn't specify what it was for. It does make me think, though, if people know that the pandemic is going to be going on for a long time, why don't they end up just dyeing the um, personality's hair their natural colour so they don't have to keep getting it dyed? Well, I don't know. I I don't think I'd want, you know, oh, all of a sudden, (laughs) let's just go brunette, Sophie. I wouldn't like that. I'm surprised they're not just applying wigs. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed today's episode, could you please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and also make sure that you are subscribed on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to join in on the conversation in our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community.